0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, that's our cue
1: to talk. Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Um, I'll say happy Thanksgiving now because I'll forget later. Uh, And uh, when we come out of Thanksgiving, uh, Brady, there'll be one more game left on our football season. That'll be the Division 8 State Championship game on Friday morning at 10 a.m. from Ford Field as Ubley takes on Ottawa, Lake uh, Lakes Whiteford, and uh, that'll probably be the primary focus of the show today. Although I'm sure in our final segment, you'll want to sound off about something else.
2: Well, we can, but I want to give Ubley the attention it deserves. I think anything we can talk about. I mean, obviously the Larry Manns is coming up, but I feel like we'll do more recap of that. We talked about that in the last show, but I was able to to talk with uh, Coach Sweeney really Nice, really good conversation. He, he took the week off work to do the media junket. Uh, when I went up there, he, I was his third interview of the day, and it wasn't lunchtime yet. <laughs> so he's busy. People of Ubley are excited, and they're going to have a tall task. If, if they blow out Ottawa Lake Whiteford, they might be one of the best D8 teams of all time because Ottawa Lake Whiteford has had a season very similar to Ubley.
1: Yes, yes, they have. And we'll talk more about that in segment two. But uh, when we come out of the break, we'll hear Brady's conversation with Coach Sweeney. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer.
2: Marysville.
0: For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to Get Stuck on sports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids,
2: your schools, your sports. Welcome back to the Get Stuck On Sports podcast and on remote Took a trip up to Ubley to come see Coach Sweeney. Coach, thank you so much for welcoming me up here. Congratulations on the season so far. It's been a heck of a run, and you got one game to go until that coveted state title.
4: Well, we're pretty excited about it. You know, you don't get to do this very often. We're getting to do it twice in three years, so we're mm-hmm. pretty excited. Well, Coach, first of all, congratulations. Let's go back
2: through the season Coming into this year after the tough loss in the semifinal year ago against Beale City, I mean, that was as 50-50 as a game as you can get. You knew you were bringing back a lot of talent. I'm sure you had some pretty high expectations coming into this season.
4: You know, in the back of our mind, yes. But, you know, I've always had that idea that we're always looking at that first game. And, you know, our, one of our toughest games all year during the year last year was Bad X. Mm-hmm. And with the way the schedule got flipped up, we had Bad X week one. So that was really, you know, we can have all these dreams of, you know, maybe making it to Ford Field like we did, but, you know, we had to win that game first, you know. So, you know, yeah, we we thought we could be good, but, you know, there's a lot of work, you know, that has to go into that, a lot of luck, a lot of health, Mm -hmm. and things have just worked out well for us. Well, let's talk about that because I'd always
2: joke that with the scores, it's almost like I know how high school kids are, I know, when I played sometimes you might get bored I mean after that third or fourth running time game the kids like I know sometimes I might think oh I'm gonna get my stats how have you kept the kids focused because you haven't had an easy schedule you've played a lot of playoff teams how have you kept the kids focused and and moving forward and not let them have even a week where they slip up and oh oh, it's halftime it's 14 to 7 and they just seem like you guys are a freight train
4: well, you know, we came out and played that bad X game week one, and I thought we played as good a game as we could have played. I mean, mm-hmm. we played lights out, and uh, our best player Evan Perutzky, our best athlete, um, was having a hip issue that week, so we were trying to be careful how much we used him. We decided week two, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get him healthy. We were playing Carroll, and we felt you know that was we didn't need Evan to win that game. So, but our kids didn't come out and play very well we felt so i think they learned their lesson in that game right there that you know after that it was like okay now we got to focus every game so I, I think that week two game against carol really um was a huge game for us as far as from a mental standpoint well in a program like ubley when you've gotten to this point
2: you've made deep runs how much does the culture that's left over from players that used to be here that set the standard that they know that when they come play Bearcat football, that the the bar is as high as it can be, and that you have to meet that every week.
4: Well, you know, we're very technique driven. So, you know, and I, from the time I coached in a youth level, my attitude always was: we're going to coach our technique. This is how we play the game. We're going to go do our thing. Wins and losses take care of themselves. You know, right? So we don't. The expectation is we got to get in hit pad and block we got to wrap and drive when we tackle. Those are the expectations in ugly, and it really simplifies it for the kids because we're not looking at big picture. We're looking at play-by-play, play, let's do what we're taught to do, what we want to do, and all the other stuff takes care of itself.
2: Well, and you, you mentioned you used to work with the youth, and how important is that, especially in a small community? Hey, sometimes in small schools d8 schools you get what you get you're not always blessed with great athletes but getting to mold them from a young age getting to start them young how important is the youth program in smaller schools like ugly and all around the thumb really
4: it's important but you can also run into problems if you have the wrong people working with the kids at that level Mm -hmm. it can be a deterrent because you could chase kids away so you got to be careful you got to have people down there that you know that aren't worried about wins they're worried about teaching the kids how to play football. Um, you know, some of my best years coaching down there in, in that youth level, we didn't win a game. But you saw kids improving. You know, in some of my worst years coaching, we won every game and kids didn't learn anything. They were just better, you know, more athletic. So, you know, when, when you look at the right pick, the correct picture and say, hey, are we improving? Are we teaching the proper fundamentals? That's where it becomes important. And it's no different at the high school level and the varsity level. You know, you got to get your techniques proper, you know, get them correct so that, you know, put your kids in the best position to be successful. How hard is
2: it at the young levels to get coaches They, the parents might be upset, but this will pay dividends later? I'll, I'll compare you to another very successful program in the area, Marine City, same thing. Their JV programs, their youth programs are never lighting the world on fire, but they get to varsity and they're ready to play. How how hard is it to find coaches and people that understand the big picture of the whole thing?
4: You know, I think we're blessed and ugly. For the most part, the people we've had involved have done a pretty darn good job. Um, you know, if you have the right people actually running the program, and we've had good people, you know, we, we've had issues with people that we had to say, okay, yeah, you're probably not the right person to do this. Um, but, you know, it, it, to me, you know, where it really gets important is once you hit that junior high level right um you know we have three great guys doing junior high right now and you know that's where you really got to get them fundamentals down and you know when when you do things from a fundamental standpoint you know your uh, success definitely increases All right, let's talk about the team you have
2: right now. You mentioned Evan Peruski. He's a guy that I think a lot of coaches would bend over backwards to have, but it's funny because against Fowler, it was the Evan Peruski show. He did everything, and then the semifinal, you went, "Ah, Evan, you're not going to have to do as much this week, and he had other guys take the reins, score three touchdowns apiece. How is it to have a guy like Evan Peruski and then not need to to run him 20, 30 times a game? You have other guys like Heilig, like Makowiak that can do great things on the
4: field. Well, what, what you know, as Denny Lester at Marlette has told me, he said, Evan makes you guard defend sideline to sideline. Um, and then that wing T, you know, then our power T, mm-hmm. you know, he's always usually running outside. Um, and... If you're not going to match up, you know, athlete-wise, you have to pick your poison. Are you going to seal the inside down, like which is what Fowler did, or do you leave some guys back on the outside like MLS and Iron uh, Mountain did? Well, then we're going to run off tackle all day. So, you know, it, it's really a pick your poison is what it's been for us all year, you know. So... That's really the benefit of having a kid like Evan. Just the threat of him running outside sometimes opens things up on the inside.
2: And talk about the guys on the inside because there's something that you have to take away. You said it's pick your poison. You can take away Evan Peruski, but you got a few other guys that all right, you took away him. Now now deal with these guys.
4: Well, all three of our backs. You know, the the guy that's had the most success this year is Mark Heilig. Mm. You know, he's our right halfback. He usually runs to the left. And he's running behind guys like Cannon Perutzky and Mitchell Foote and Chris Oswald, you know, our pulling guard from the other side would be Parker Perutzky. They're creating space. Right. You know, and if you want to run the ball, you've got to be able to create space. And they've done a great job, you know. And then Aiden McColviac, there's times that we're just having him be a lead blocker, but there's times he's carrying the ball up the middle on the middle trap. And then Seth Mauer is, I mean, he don't have the stats. You know, he's about half the yards that uh, Mark has. But he's done a great job blocking because he's involved in the blocking scheme. And when Seth runs the ball, Mark's involved in the blocking Mm -hmm. scheme. And they've done a great job blocking for each other, but we've been more run-heavy to the left this year.
2: With the the four-headed monster you seem to have, your kids have to be unselfish. When you look at the stat lines, I've been around teams and cover teams that they have multiple guys, but guys get upset if they don't get their touches, if they don't have their yards at the end of the night. With you guys, it just seems like, hey, we get the win. That's all that matters. How is it having that mentality with your team?
4: Well, the, the one advantage is our fullback, Aiden Mikowiak, played guard last year. Mm-hmm. Seth Maurer played most of his life growing up as a guard. So these kids were linemen in the past. They didn't right. get any glory anyways. <laughs> you know, And, and Mark, Mark Heilig just naturally is not a selfish kid, and Evan's not a selfish kid. You know, we we just don't have selfish kids. And you know what? You're not going to have success with selfish kids, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody else starts looking and going, well, well, what are they upset about? We, we don't have that issue, you know. So, I mean, and, and I talk to them and say, you know what, guys, it don't matter who gets the, the – the W is what matters. And and then and I've heard the kids say that. So, you know, they, they've just ran with it.
2: It's always good when the the – the players start to take the message the coaches are giving them, and the offense is benefiting from that. They put up the flashy numbers, but not as flashy as the defense. I mean, you guys have been the definition of lockdown defensively, 20 points given up through this point in the season, and you're in the state title game before halftime. Talk about your defense and know you have some good coaches on that side and you have some sensational players that also touch the ball offensively. Your defense might have been as impressive, if not
4: more, than your offense. Honestly, I think the defense is more impressive. You know, we we've played some very dynamic offensive teams that you know, Fowler scored a lot of points this year, Iron Mountain scored a lot of points this year, Saginaw New Valley and Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary, they were offensive machines, you know, and going back, you know, earlier in the season. Harbor Beach was just an outstanding offensive team that, you know, we held scoreless, which Mm -hmm. to me is the cream of the crop because Troy Shelkey's a great offensive coach. And, you know, for us to keep them from scoring was, you know, one of the highlights of the season. So, you know, Jim Becker is just – I mean, I'm lucky to have him coaching defense for me. And then, you know, we've got, you know, four guys that, you know – I coached in the Pee Wees years ago, and Matt Mikecheck, who was quarterback on our 16-17 team, Anthony Sweeney um, was an end and linebacker in 16, Tyler Derpesky played on our 11 and 12 teams, and Austin Drake, you know, was our quarterback in the 10-11 team, so, you know, we've got all them guys out there helping, and, you know, they bring a little bit more energy that, you know, the couple old coaches don't bring as much anymore, but, you know, to have them guys out there working with them young kids and, you know, kind of the future of our program. And, you know, I, I just think our defense has been light toed. It's been awesome. All right, before we talk about your
2: opponent on Friday morning, before we talk about the state title game, let's talk about what it means to Ubbly. There might not be a more decorated program in the state that hasn't been able to get the big one than Ubbly. For essentially two decades, you guys have been – the standard in the thumb and around the state for small schools, whether it's D8 or D7, but you've always fallen just a bit short. Is that something that you talk about with your kids? or your kids aware of it? Or do you try to keep it condensed into just this season and take care of the task at hand?
4: You know, we just worry about this year. Mm. You know, um, 08, you know, that was a great team. That team is, you know, probably – away by far a way better football team than we are now, but they ran into a juggernaut. I mean right. Traverse City, Saint Francis, they had, you know, guys like Max Bull on that team that ended up playing in the NFL. We didn't have NFL quality players on our right. team. You know, two years ago during COVID, you know for us to even get there was incredible because, you know, I, I always tell the story. Um uh, week three we played Sandusky. And we lost to Harbor Beach week one, beat Memphis, and then lost to Sandusky. Uh, one of our best players on that team was Nolan Van Earp, and he went out with a knee injury in that game. And I was riding the bus home, and I said to Coach Becker, I said, I don't know if we're going to win another game. Hmm. You know, I, I mean, it, it was legit. We're, we worried that whole weekend. I'm like, what are we going to do? What, what kind of smoke and mirrors do I need to come up with to – Score some touchdowns right. so we don't get shut out. And yeah, every a freshman
2: game. quarterback at that time. Freshman
4: quarterback, you know. So, you know, which he had had a good game in there. But, you know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can we utilize that kid more? How can we – and, you know, Nolan went and got um, his knee checked out and they figured out what the problem was and they were actually able to get him to play. So then we started going on a little bit of a run. We had Flint Hammity come in and, you know, we should never beat that team. You know, we played Bad Axe Week 6 that year, the last game of the year, and they had won the league title on the other side, and we beat them <clears> 34 nothing. District semifinal, we played USA, beat them in overtime, which right. USA had a very good team that year. All of a sudden, things started rolling for us. Right. So, you know, and that, not taking anything away from that team, but we weren't the best team, you know. There weren't the expectations. I, there weren't or, the expectations. The hype. Yes. And and I really felt that us just winning a regional that year was exceptional. Winning a district was exceptional. So, you know, and then you're playing in the cold that, you know, in January and stuff. It was just an experience, you know. So, you know, that was a little different. This one, yeah, there's probably expectations there, but you know what? I don't ever want to take away successful seasons right you know that
2: Centerville team you played in the finals again part of making a run is not running into that juggernaut because sometimes like you mentioned the Traverse City St. Francis team that has NFL players sometimes you just run into a a team of a generation that you just tip your cap and you have to go that's a great team
4: exactly and and you know Centerville wasn't that kind of team but but they were a very good team. I
2: think they had like seven shutouts in their yes. 12 games or yes. some ridiculous stat like that.
4: Exactly. They they just and their linebackers flowed downhill so hard and they just they were a great team and in all actuality, talent-wise it wasn't even close for us to keep it 22 to nothing. I thought coach Becker had a great defensive game plan. You know, we just couldn't move the ball. So, you know, I'm not one you know, there's a lot of schools in the area that would go, "Man, if we could have that success" You know, they'd be building statues of people, you know, Hmm. and and that's expectations. You know what? They're high school kids. Right. You you, you go play the game and what happens, happens. And, you know, so, you know what? Will I be thrilled if we win a state championship for the Village of Ubley and the Thumb area? Oh, it'd be awesome. But I'm not going to walk out of there if they're the better team and they beat us. Hey, tip your hat to them and we go home and be happy with winning the trophies we did. Right. And.
2: I guess the part of the positive part of the expectations is the culture I mentioned earlier that you built that. Like losing is contagious, winning can be contagious. Like in baseball, everyone says when there's hitting going around, there's a fight at the bat rack. When you show up at a place that just expects to win, sometimes, like you said, maybe teams that aren't as good, I guess the old quote I like to use, they don't realize they're not supposed to be that not good, and they win anyway. And showing up with the expectation to win – how much of that helps a program year over year when maybe you might have a down year, but, hey, you're at Ubley, you're supposed to win, and you show up thinking, hey, we're going to beat the team across from us?
4: Oh, I, I think it is huge. I, I think, you know, are the, these kids, you know, honestly, we haven't lost many games the last four years, No, <laughs> you know. Evan Peruski's lost four games as a starting quarterback. Yes.
2: Two of them have been in a semifinal and a final.
4: Yes. So if that tells you what kind of career he's had – so, yeah, you know it. The the expectation. I I I don't like to use the word expectation, but you know, um, I guess the standard. The would, standard.
2: Would be a better way to use it.
4: You know, it, it, and I guess you know our kids just they just go out and play the game. I mean, it mm-hmm. it isn't you know, and I think there's a lot of teams we play during the season, and I'm not talking to Harbor Beaches or the Cast Cities or the bad axes that, you know, have had some success recently, but, and Harbor Beach has had success forever, but, you know. But there's a lot of the other teams we play that, I, you know, there's time right now, there's times that I think, you know, their kids are beat before the game starts, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I'm not saying that as a negative thing, it's just we've been on the other side of that in the past, you know, where you see that good team come in here, you're like, ugh. You know, like a Traverse City St. Francis. Right. You know, you you know it's going to take, an act of Congress to be able to win that game, you know. So I
2: call it the boogeyman team. Yeah, like I, yeah. when I was at Marysville, I can tell you that there were kids on the team that when we went to go play Marine City or when St. Clair had their run, it was we were down two touchdowns before we even warmed up. And and obviously, you guys for most of the time have been the other side of that,
4: you know. And luckily, you know, you know the last since '16, we've had some pretty good success, you know. But you know. It's it, it just been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride, and hopefully we can keep it going. You know, our JV was successful this year. Our junior high was successful this mm-hmm. year. Our numbers are low down in, in the junior high, but you know, hopefully we could sustain that success.
2: All right, Ottawa Lake Whiteford. There's probably someone interviewing their coach right now, talking about how it's going to be great for them. They have a chance to go fourteen and zero, not have a game within d- uh, single digits they're a really good team. They've had as close to a season as you guys have had as anywhere across the state. What do you know about Whiteford? What can you tell the people
4: about them? Well, they block well. They tackle well. They've got, you know, we we have an Evan Perutsky, and their quarterback is probably just as athletic or more athletic than him. I mean, he's quick, explosive, and he could take a play that's broke down and go score on it. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I I think, you know, they, they run a lot of double-wing stuff, but as far as how they play defense, how they, you know, block and, you know, run the football, it, it's it's not two mirror images. They run a little different offense than we do, but defensively they, they play very good defense. So it, it's it, it's going to be a fun game because I, I like seeing teams that are – I think we're pretty evenly matched, I really do, um, and – We'll see who gets the breaks and makes the breaks for themselves.
2: 10 a.m. kickoff the day after Thanksgiving. Obviously, you've been there before, but it wasn't in the same circumstances. 20, you were playing in January because of the COVID stoppages and had to resume it later. What's it like preparing for a game that's going to kick off in the morning the day after Thanksgiving? So, can't really enjoy the holiday festivities as much because a lot of those kids are focused on winning their own football game instead of watching football on the TV and eating turkey.
4: Well, we haven't experienced it because in 08, we're a Division 7 team, so we played on Saturday morning. Mm. So... Well, you know, we're going to go over. We've been practicing at Laker High School. They have that beautiful Legacy Center over there. So we've been practicing, going to practice there all week. So we're going to go have a Thursday morning practice at 8 o'clock, go do, go do our normal Thursday mo- practice, and then kids will go home, have Thanksgiving dinner with their families, and then we're headed down to uh, Detroit area Thanksgiving evening. Um, so, you know, try to make it as normal as we can, but, you know, the the, the the good thing for our kids is we had to, you know, with Fowler being so far away, we had to play on a Saturday earlier. Right. So we got used to playing on Saturday. And, you know, I I don't think, you know, they're doing the same thing. So, you know, mm. it's which team is going to be more mentally tough, you know, and I think they're mentally tough also. So, you know, you know, you know what? Eliminate the excuses and just go play the game.
2: Right. Um uh- with these evenly matched games in the postseason, it seems like the stars are going to be the stars, but it's the secondary guys, the role players, whose sides step up and make a big play and maybe forces a fumble, jumps on one, uh, gets a big sack. Who We know who your stars are, but who's a maybe a role player, a guy that doesn't get all the limelight, that needs to have a big game to capture the state title?
4: Well, I think our nose tackle, Logan Vollmering, I, we need a big game from him, and, and I think he's very capable of it. Um, You know, Parker Perutsky on both sides of the ball He's going to have to have a big game You know, those The, the line guys are the ones they, they don't ever get the credit But they're the ones that got to have the big games
2: Alright, you get to Ford Field Some of your kids have been there before You don't have to see the bright lights and go Oh wow, like It's a little different when you step out there the second time Than the first time There are going to be some kids that this is a new experience to How do you go, yep, hey It's 100 yards long, 53 and a third yards wide same field we play on up in Ubley. It's the same field we played on in Petoskey. Let's go play football. How do you get the the limelight, kind of the, the star-struck eyes out of the kids before kickoff?
4: Pretty well every one of our kids that are playing actually were on that field two years ago. Um, five of them were regular players on that team. We were very young on that team. Mm-hmm. So we have two guys starting that actually were not there that day. The one would have been in the stands because of his brother playing right. on the team, but, you know, so I think of our core players, it's not gonna be a shock and awe, it's gonna be, yeah, that's pretty cool, we've been here before, and there's not snow blowing on our face this week. <laughs> so, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm, you know, seeing looking through rose-colored glasses, but I don't think the shock and awe is going to be big for our kids. I really don't. And I don't think it will be for their kids either because they've had so much success over the years too. And the funny thing about this game is Whiteford and Ub, we both had to lead at halftime in the semifinals last year. Um, We led pretty well that whole Bill City game, the whole second half, and they punched a late touchdown in to beat us. So, you know, we're both teams that – we're awfully close to being there last year. We both played in a lot of big games. So I think the uh, stars in the eyes, I, I don't see that with either team. And that's, and that's what's going to make this a better game. There's not going to be that, oh, my goodness, this is a state final. Well, they've won a state championship not that long ago. And, you know, we've, we've been there. You know, we haven't won it, but we've been there. And, and I really don't think our kids had the stars in their eyes two years ago. There's, we got beat by a better team
2: and it seems like this will be a heavyweight fight two two potential champions throwing punches at each other just it can be cliché but what are the keys to winning a state title
4: well we we have to go out and play our game and contain contain their athletes we can't give up the big play you know make them earn it you know if they go and go on long sustained drive and score you know that's one thing but we don't want we don't want to see their athletes break off in a 50 60 yard run or a long pass and score those are you know momentum changers we don't want to allow momentum changers we want you know want them to have to earn if they score
2: final question for you I'm going to assume Ubley is going to be a ghost town on Friday that you're going to have a lot of support down there what will that mean that you're going to see a lot of orange and black in the stands and I'm assuming you guys are going to have the whole town of Ubley at Fort Field Friday morning
4: Oh, I think it's going to be the whole town of Ubley, and I think there'll be a lot of other people from the other communities. You know, there's something special about the thumb that I've, you know, said this to other people that, you know, I've heard so much from people in Cass City and Bad Axe, Lakers, USA, Harbor Beach, you know, Kindy, you know, people that I'm friends with and friends with people that just the well wishes from, you know, the, the thumb travels as a group, you right? Know, and, you know, when Harbor Beach went 10 years ago, you know, there's, you know, I was there, you know, I, you want to support the local teams, you know. I think that's something special in the thumb that you know that doesn't happen in other places. Where you know, other places they want to see their rival get beat, right? You know, these round here you want to see your rivals have success. So you know, I I I, I talked to a guy at work last week that said back in 08 um, that he had to stay back and work that day, and he said between ten and three in the afternoon he saw a total of four cars on the road. So it it was, he said, it it was just what you talk about a ghost town. People say that, but it was the truth. It really was. There was nobody left in town. So, you know, and the cool thing is being down there. We have a lot of alumni in the Detroit area, Metro Detroit area. So they're all excited. I know um, at my mother's funeral a couple weeks ago, we had some relatives from the other side of the state saying, oh, yeah, you make it to Ford Field, we're coming. You know, so just things like that that, you know, that's the cool thing about the support we had, that we didn't have two years ago. Right. There's a total of 250 stands, 125 per team two years ago, so it'll be a totally different experience.
2: Well, Coach, thank you very much for your time. Good luck against Ottawa Lake Whiteford. I know I'll be rooting for you up in the press box. Good luck, and hopefully you can bring that first one home.
4: Sounds good. Thanks a lot.
2: We'll be back with more on the Get Stuck on Sports podcast right after this.
3: 250-7520.
4: This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron Schools student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academics, because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future.
3: Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right,
1: welcome uh, back. Uh, So, uh, Brady, nice conversation there with uh, Coach uh, Sweeney. You you enjoyed yourself yesterday. Yeah. I can tell you hate talking football.
2: Oh yeah, um, I know. I was he was very welcoming, and you know we don't get up to Ugly a lot because it is kind of far away, and they're on our I guess our outer ring of coverage. But we obviously still talk about them a lot and what they've done this season. And I had a, I had a lot of fun talking with him, talking about the season, and just you could hear in the interview really easy going, laid back, and he. I don't know if he said it in the interview, but he's just, hey, if we go there and we lose to a better team, so be it. That's how it is. I'm not going to stress over it. He's like, in 2020, Centerville was a really good team, and that was a year that if you went back, uh, you heard him say a few a uh, few months before the state finals, they weren't sure how many games they were going to win, and then they end up making this run. And it's just continued from there, and Ubley is – I mean, they are the standard in Division Eight, uh, especially in the thumb. Them and Harbor Beach, really, the last twenty years have been the ones that are usually at the top. I think that's what makes
1: this run different than two years ago. Two years ago, yeah, you know, they got off to a a, a start. Two start where 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 you're like, okay, Ubbly's down this year, and then all of a sudden. They surprise you. And at that point, you just look at it as
2: like anything we get here is gravy. Right. I mean, you said the district title was awesome. The regional title was exceptional. And the fact that they're in Ford Fuel is great experience. And that's something they can draw on for this game because, well, it's it's more of a business trip mentality. Is I think he said all but five players on this team were on that team in 2020, so they're they're used to it. They're not going to walk in there and go, ooh, Ford Field, this is where the NFL happens. No, they're going to go in there expecting to win, and, well, they're going to have a tough opponent because Ottawa Lake Whiteford, Dennis, there's probably two guys down south, southern part of the state that are talking like we are, talking about how Ottawa Lake Whiteford has a great chance to go and claim a state title. Yeah, and... and- you know, I I did a, a little digging and a little
1: research for some numbers so that we kind of had an idea what we were talking about. And, and kind of what I'm discovering here, Brady, is I think they're very similar to Upley in a lot of ways. Oh,
2: yeah. The the state's loving that this is the first game. It'll keep them on schedule for at least a game.
1: Yeah, it's not you know they obviously they have guys that are standout guys. They've got two guys that have rushed for a thousand yards, mm-hmm. but that also tells you about them because they've got two guys that do it and they're, almost the same amount of carries. Yeah, they're they're not leaning on any one particular player. They've got three guys that have rushed at least eighty times this season. That that's a lot. They've they've got the the two main guys: one hundred thirty-seven carries and one hundred thirty-three carries. Then a guy with 87 and their quarterback has rushed 81 times and scored 17 touchdowns. Yeah. And and they don't, or they haven't thrown it a lot the last two weeks because the weather's been bad. But they can throw it a little bit, um, and their quarterback had a five-touchdown passing game against uh, Lloyd Norris. Yeah, and they so. they
2: are the, the air raid team in this game because Ubley's thrown two passes, Dennis, and I found out that one of the two passes – he wasn't supposed to throw the ball. Coach called the bootleg, said, we're calling the bootleg, but run it. And he didn't run it, and that was one of the two passes. <laughs> so they should only have one for a touchdown. So now there's a boot run and a boot pass in for them. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, uh, again, when when you do something really well and nobody can stop it
2: and it works, why change it? Yeah. And, why again, change? they've gone through the ringer and – been able to do what they do, and their defense is, as Coach said, maybe more impressive than their offense because they have been down at 20 points in the first half, Dennis. Think about that. I know. Through 13 games, you are giving up less than a point and a half per half. Like It's like 1.2 points per half. Now, here's the biggest factor I think that's going to happen in this game. Neither of these teams have faced a ton of adversity. What's going to happen when one gets punched in the mouth? Hey, what happens when maybe on the second drive of the game, Ottawa Lake Whiteford and one of their big running backs breaks a 40-yard touchdown run? How is Ubley going to respond? How is uh, Whiteford going to respond if Ubley forces a three and out? Those are things that are going to play a factor because... Neither side has really had to dig deep and, and scratch and claw and fight to get back in a game yet.
1: You know, um, that, that's an interesting point because we've talked about it. Ubley's never trailed. No, like They've they played an entire season where not only have they never trailed, but in most games, by their third possession, they're up three scores. And they're going, all Just right,
2: keep doing what we're doing. We've got this.
1: Um, And, and uh, again, they're facing a team – that at least, if you look at the numbers, suggests they're going to score in this game, and if they get the ball first, it might be on their first possession. I mean, Ottawa Lakes-Whiteford has scored a lot of points this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, Dennis, I think They
1: give s- up a little more than believe, though. But
2: not a ton. Like, not okay, a ton, but... Instead of it being 6-7 and the occasional 14, it's usually 14-16 and maybe a one in the 20s. But this could be a game that ends... 14 seven is this could be a game that ends up 60 to 53 <laughs> like I, I i just don't know how it's going to end up but uh yeah i'm really going to be curious to see how each side responds to just that little bit of adversity well again
1: this is what we know about ottawa lakes whiteford um Recently, they've been running the ball a lot. In the last two weeks, 91 of their 96 offensive plays, they've kept it on the ground. But when the weather is nice, and the weather will be nice on Friday because they're playing in the Dome, mm-hmm. um, they will throw the ball a little bit. Not a ton. They're not airing it out 20, 30 times a game. But they might throw it 10 times.
2: Right. And, and Ubley, they seem to have success with it. And Ubley can do that, Dennis. They, they just don't have to. So if they call five to ten passes, I won't be that surprised with this game.
1: I will. I, I just I well, think Ubley has got to do what's got them to this point.
2: Right, but I'm saying if Whiteford, hey, if they show an ability to at least slow down the run, again, I'm not saying they're going to throw it 25 times, but if twice a quarter they dial up a play-action pass, they try to catch Whiteford off balance, that wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't. Uh, I think. I think it'll depend on how the game's going. I really
1: do. Because well, yeah, um,
2: if Ugly comes out and they hand the ball off and it's whew, Mauer touchdown, Wacoviac touchdown, Peruski touchdown, there's nothing to worry about.
1: Um, I, I want to point out too, just because I mean we, we've talked a lot about Ugly. Uh, Whiteford's actually. Got a history yeah. here of being a, a pretty good football team. They won a championship in twenty seventeen. Like I didn't even really realize that.
2: Yeah, it was not recent. Recent enough where the kids on the team weren't on the team, but they were old enough and paying attention to sports that they've seen their school win a state title. They've scored over six hundred points two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. They they are a Dominant powerhouse team. Made it to the semifinals
1: last year. Uh, they they have a 24-2 and two record in their last 26 games and have only lost to one team from the state of Michigan. Who's that? Um, Hudson in the semifinals last year.
2: Yeah, and that was a game that Ottawa, like Whiteford, was winning. And we were very close to having this be a rematch of last year because obviously Ubley probably could have beat Beale City Um, In the game, they were leading for most of that game. And Ottawa Lake-Whiteford could have beat Hudson. So this could have been a rematch from the 21-state championship game. But Ubley has a, I think, about a a better-than-good shot to finally come away with one. Well, I mean, they just seem like a team of destiny. And again, we talk about
1: they've had these experiences. And each year... They've had that disappointing game. You feel like this is the year that they're going to get get the deal done. You know that they're gonna they're gonna go in there and they're gonna say, "Look, it's now or never. Let's win this darn thing uh, and get the state championship that we probably should
2: already have." Yeah, and and, you know it's funny talking to Coach Sweeney's, and he's right. You know, some years uh, um, back to the comment about. Uh, if you play a better team, he goes, no one was beating Traverse City-St. Francis the year they went in D7 in 2008. I don't think anyone was beating Centerville in 2020. And he's like, sometimes you just, there's a generationally great team. I mean, the St. Francis team they played in 08 had Max Bulla on it. They had NFL players on the team. And it's like, Ubley's good, but Ubley doesn't have NFL talent. They have some, some good players. One thing I want to mention that especially in D8 could be a difference maker. Obli's kicker is very strong, yep. has the ability to kick it out of the end zone, rarely misses an extra point, uh, can make field goals. And in a climate-controlled environment, hey, if you're kicking it out of the end zone every time, if you're able to convert extra points, don't. that's a little less stress that you don't have to worry about. Yeah, he actually missed
1: one kick last week and uh, everybody was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Cuz that doesn't uh, Brett Mueller. Uh that doesn't usually happen. No. He's got a really you, you you mentioned he's got a really strong like I was just looking back at that that Centerville team. Seven shutouts and they gave up 29 points the entire season and 14 came in one game.
2: Yeah. They gave up four touchdowns for an entire season. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And Again, that the Ugly team now is going to draw off that Ugly team then and be ready for it. I guess one more thing we can we can talk about is the 10 a.m. starts a little weird, don't you think? Like, like not weird scheduling wise. I understand why it happens, but just weird that you have to play a game early in the morning. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I guess though when you walk out onto Ford Field, and I know Ugly's been there before, but still. It's going to wake you up, and, and you're going to be ready. I, I think both teams will be ready to go. Uh, both teams um, are 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 there with a purpose in right. mind. And I know we will be and, down there the night before. And, and once you get going, as a player, do you really remember what time no, it is? No,
2: but it's not that as much as, hey, you, you have to get up. You're probably waking up 6.30, just a little earlier than normal, so you're – Getting to the Ford Field probably by seven, seven thirty. I know they might have regimented things, but you're getting dressed eight, eight thirty, getting out there, and it's just maybe it'll affect the start of the game because Dennis could have some nerves. I know if I was playing in this game, I might not be able to sleep the night before. And if you're playing the late game, if you're playing at eight o'clock, who cares? Stay up till two a.m., sleep until noon, and doesn't matter. But you're playing the ten o'clock game and. If you can't fall asleep right away, if you have a little bit of nerves, either side might. Some kids might be running on five, six hours of sleep, and let's also be honest, they're high school kids. They don't, they don't always go to bed at ten o'clock and turn <laughs> the lights out.
1: I I th- I think I could stay up for three days before this game, and I would still have the adrenaline to get me through the game. <laughs> right. I just uh, that's the way I I feel, but I get what you're saying that that can be an issue, and and people do get nervous before. A big game, I mean, and even, it is hard to sleep.
2: even nervous, excited. Yeah, well. I mean Dennis, it's not exactly the same. But when you were doing games for Cup Finals, I'm sure those night before the nights before you had a little, you were a little extra excited thinking. Well, actually, I was fine
1: the night before. It's the the night after the game's over that hmm. you replay every little play in your head, and you're yeah, and go off. Oh, we would have done this if we could have done that exactly.
2: So, anything else about this ugly team? Because
1: they're really good, and I'm with you, Brady. Call it a gut feeling, call it whatever. I think they're going to they're gonna do this thing. And, uh, again, I don't want to disrespect Ottawa Lakes-Whiteford. They're a really, really good team. But I just think that we talk about the buzzsaw team. I think this time Ubley's the buzzsaw. Right. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Ubley
2: goes out and Ublies them. So and you know the whole town's <laughs> gonna be there. Oh yeah. Uh Coach Sweeney was telling me a story. He was talking to someone that had to stay behind in work in two thousand eight when they lost uh 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 Saint Francis. He said between the hours of like nine AM and three PM he saw three or four cars drive on the roads in Upley. And th- and those are People that were probably from out of town. Right, driving through from like... Who were were lost and and didn't know they were in Ubley. So you are going to have the full crowd because remember, Dennis, in 2020, there was only 125 uh, fans for each side. They didn't have the full experience. Now, the entire town of Ubley and this other thing Coach Sweeney talked about is... The surrounding communities that the thumb wants the thumb to succeed. There's going to be people from Harbor Beach, from Cass City, from Laker, from Marlette that are all down there because they want theirs to win. Hey, if it's going to be anyone, they want it to be theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So should be a heck of a time. All right. uh, You'll be there. I will be. Go on the air about 930 ish. So early start. Start your Friday off with some Brady.
1: Get, uh,
2: the, you know you're going to be eating leftovers for breakfast anyway, so get them microwaved right. and ready to go. And, and it'll be over by the time uh, – well, no, it's Friday, so you don't have to worry about any college football no, stuff. So, yeah. No, it'll, be, it'll be over in time for you to catch the first game of the Larry Mans tournament. Yes, it will be because you'll be there for a couple of games as well.
1: All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we've still got another segment to uh, go, so stick around.
2: Marysville.
3: 72185. on Port Huron Schools.
1: for all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website
0: at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to Get Stuck on Sports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Um, We've been uh, talking about it with Sandusky, but now there's another area of school that we have to talk about, name change.
2: Yeah, and I didn't think we'd have two, but uh, I'm going to preface this with saying what we're not going to do is talk about whether this should be happening, debating the merits of that, because it is. So we are just going to talk about what is to come in the future, because we're not going to go into those weeds. Support here on High is retiring the big red mascot. Um, along with two of the uh, elementary schools. Yeah, Roosevelt is and, the
1: little Reds and Shigami is the little, Chiefs. Yeah, the little Chiefs. So
2: those will be retired at the end of the school year. And according to the Times Herald article, there will be a new mascot for the 23 24 season. Uh, the one interesting thing, because again, we can speculate how they want to get a new name, and it sounds like they're going to kind of keep it open until about March, then they'll decide on it, and then guess what? You have time to put the new mascot in for the next year because you have to have the new mascot in order to get the grant to change your name because the, uh, I believe it is the, what is it called? I want to get this right, Um, the Native American, it's a a group that, that, gives grants to change yep. Native American mascots. Um, the Native American Heritage Fund. So that is what Sandusky wants to apply to. That's why their whole thing got delayed a year because they weren't quite on the ball and had to come back and get ready for this. So Portney High is going to change the name. And again, whether you want it to, whether you don't think it should, it's happening. So now the question is, the hell you going to change your name to?
1: Yeah, okay. I, I'm just uh, this. This will be my stance, and uh, those of you who are against the name change can call me a tree hugging hippie or, or whatever. Um, it, it's the era that we live in now. If I were a Native American, I think I would be proud if um, a sports team was using my name or, or using a name like that, because I don't think it's meant in a negative light. I really don't. However, I'm not, and so I don't know how people who are right. feel about this. And if they want it changed, you have to respect that. Um, and if, if they're insulted by it, again, you have to respect that. Um, so that being said, whatever. Big Reds is out. Get yeah. over it. You got over the fact that um, they used to have the mascot dressed up like the Indian and Chief the who would dress, run out of yeah. It went away, and nobody noticed. They used to let the kids do the tomahawk chop during the games. It went away. Nobody noticed. I know it's been around for a long time. I know there's traditions. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's right.
2: And, again, it's been voted. The school board voted to change it. So, so it's, it's happening. It's
1: happening. So let's pick a a, a cool name and, and embrace it. And in a few years... You'll probably like the new name. Nobody's going to like the new name the first year. Nobody. Right.
2: Very few times does a new name stick the landing the first time. But,
1: you know, I, I know what's going to happen. Next year, we're going to do about 30 port here and High sporting events. If not uh, more. I, and, and I'll do like 15, and you'll do like 15. And by the end of the year, we'll be so used to the new name that it won't we won't even think twice about it anymore.
2: Right. And... Well, I guess we can go through the same hullabaloo we did with Sandusky of what are some names that you can go with. I mean, well, before we get to the new name, the one interesting thing in this article was Superintendent uh, Theo Karhoulis talked about how much it would cost, and we didn't really get that with Sandusky, or at least not that I saw. And it's just interesting because for Port Huron High to change uh, would be about... $255,000 $255,000 and you think well how can it be that much there's a lot of stuff you have to make the change with and if there wasn't a grant I don't know if there would be a, a name change If we're because that's yeah. not an insignificant amount of money but think about it how you basically have to repaint anything that has the Native American imagery anything that has the big reds on it I know they took a lot of it out of the gym when they redid it uh, but And then you have to get all new uniforms, brand new helmets, brand new everything for every sport. Yeah. And it's home and away. Yeah. And that's not cheap for three levels for most sports.
1: Most schools now have three, four j- different jerseys, too. Right. You got your red ones, you got your white
2: ones, you yeah, got ultra- your gray ones, you got your, yeah. So
1: there is a lot to it.
2: So do maybe they do they stick with the red and black or I guess technically red and white, but it seems like more and more important here on I has red and wh- black on. But the red, white and black, do you just say, all right, open season, we can change to whatever we want. Hey, we get one chance at this. Let's stick the landing because if you get a good name and you start to win people like the, the a winner and it'll start new traditions. So how
1: how would you go with it? Uh, b-
2: because Ooh. there's always this debate.
1: Like with Sandusky, the one that really jumped out at us was Bucks for a couple of reasons. One, not a whole lot of teams across the state are using the name.
2: Right, Buchanan was the only other team we knew of, and
1: and they're more like the Buccaneers. No, they're, they're, not, they are not, the Bucks. You not the animal. O. Oh, okay. Uh, but the uh, you know it made sense for the area. Yeah, it's a deer hunting area. Right. Um, there was the little tie-in, but even without the tie-in, yeah, to the Milwaukee. tie-in where,
2: but it's still a. I say it's a big tie-in. You had a Sandusky graduate that was the general manager of an NBA championship <laughs> team. That's something to be proud of. That's your heritage. That's your culture, and so one of yours did that. Now, Port Huron High obviously has a lot of bigger town. There's not, one, there's not one alumni that everyone can go, he was our most successful one or she was our most successful one. So you have to find a way to tie it in. I really, I mean, I am assuming they're going to put a committee together of students, of faculty, of community members, and try to figure out where they want to go with it. Do they want to just try to keep it, like I said, the same color scheme? Do they want to try to find a way to tie it in? The one problem Port here on high might have that maybe Sandusky didn't, is Port here on highs had professional sports teams here that have taken some names that could tie in locally, like a Border Cat or the Flags, which is one that's been around forever. Do you, I don't know if they w- want to avoid piggybacking off of something like that. Well, there's, or if they there's want, also want to say, hey, that's part of, what we are and again yeah the copyright and trademarks yeah there's a lot
1: of legal stuff that's probably not worth it
2: right so that's what you have to worry about um like i know uh pretty
1: sure dr offer owns border cats you don't want to know because he'll he'll want 50 million dollars for it i'm sure ken and Kristen dixon own the Beacon name. And.
2: Right, and because Valparaiso, um, uh, a college in Indiana, just changed to the Beacons. So, I mean, that's one that would tie into your local, uh, the local scene and, and make it uh, be part of you. So a lot of the local stuff would almost be nautical theme, maybe like the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Um, like, that's what a lot of Port Huron's known for is the water and, yeah. the, and the bridge and the the races that happen. Um, so if you want to tie it in local, it's probably more likely than not going to be something water nautical themed. Which which again I'm all right with. I I you know I I just
1: couldn't come up with any like good ideas for. Okay, their biggest rivalry is the Huskies, right? What's something that's like anti-Huskies, but, you know, you're not going to call yourself the dog catchers. <laughs> right. <laughs> the but, animal control. You know, I, I I was thinking you could go that way if there were an obvious, like, good
2: name to, to pick out of that. Right. But I don't know. I'm assuming they're going to do their due diligence. I hope they do. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to what they go. I just don't want them to change to something super generic. No offense to any school that has this name. You've had it for a long time. But if you're like the Eagles or the Tigers, there's a lot of them. You're (laughs) you're going to just, you're not going to stand out. Do something, like I said, to stand out. Something that fits the area, that has a fun little... uh, What if they keep the red and they call themselves the Red Devils? See, that's one uh, move that I know when... Uh, now the Washington Commanders changed their name. A lot of people wanted to be the Red Wolves or the Red Hogs and just kind of tweak it and not overhaul it. If you did something like that, I, I personally don't hate it because you can do a lot of cool things if you're the Red Wolves or the Red Hogs or something like that. But, again, I don't know where they're at. I know they just voted to retire the mascot. I don't know if there's already a few people in power that have names they like or if they said, all right, we're just worried about the name Big Reds. Are we going to keep it? Are we going to not? And then they decided to not keep it. And now they're going, all right, where do we go from here? What I like is, they again, they did it in November, which gives them December, January, February, March, April in the season. I actually think they have to have it before May. That's when the deadline's due to uh, submit the – grant request but still you have 3 4 months to get names in that gives you basically two whole months to decide a new name and then have mock up logos drawn and all that and gives you the opportunity to do it in a timely manner so that when the 2023 football season kicks off you have the name you have the uniforms and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah.
1: And and that's when you'll see this. They're the big reds through the end of this school year.
2: Right. And that's the other that's the other difference and between be, Sandusky. Yeah, there'll be something else when next fall comes. When Sandusky voted, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, they voted to retire immediately. Like they voted at the board meeting and the next day they were just Sandusky High School. Yeah. Where Port Aaron High says, This will end after the season, after the spring sports are done.
1: Yeah. Which I think is the better way to do it.
2: Yes. Again, it gives you time. And I don't think there's anyone who's in favor of the name change screaming, no, you have to do it now. Seven months is too late. Yeah, no. I mean,
1: they've been for this long. Another seven months isn't going to hurt anything. And they are changing.
2: Right. Which, we'll we'll see what they go with. I mean, th- there are a lot of options. I don't know where they want to go with it. But, um. Yeah, I just the, – the fun part is, again, take all the opinions of the getting rid of the name out. It's happened. We're not having that discussion. The discussion is you get to name your, your, your high school again, and that's where the fun creative part gets in is where you can workshop a lot of ideas, and if you do it the right way, you can get something that a lot of people will be proud of. Again, forget that they have the name change gone, that the new one is going to happen – what can you do to make it the best possible scenario? Amen. I agree to that. Hey, Brady and I agree to something. So, And, hey, if, if you want me and Dennis to workshop it, we're, we're not too far from, from Port Huron. <laughs> so if you want us, we'll, we'll throw out some ideas. Uh, all my ideas are bad right now because I haven't had a lot of time to think on it. No. All right. You got anything else? No. Um, but, again, Ubly kicks off at 10 a.m. Uh, Get Stuck on Sports Stream 2. I'll be on the call for that one, and then once that game's done, you'll be eating lunch, and Dennis will start the Larry Manns. Is it Marysville Anchor Bay to start? Marysville Anchor Bay is the 1
1: o'clock game followed by PH Northern at 3. At and 3 then, or 15 minutes after on, the, uh, the first game. On uh, Saturday, you've got the Constellation game at 1, and the Friday game around 3. Uh, and because of the games on Friday, no Friday show this week.
2: Yep, and... uh well, Dennis, since we have a little bit more time, what time is it? Oh, no, you got you got to get going. I was going to ask you uh, about Thanksgiving, but everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Real, just real quick, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. Stuffing? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I like the mashed potatoes. See, some people like to trash turkey, and I don't get it because turkey's not bad. Turkey's good. But people will always say, well, why don't we eat it year-round? Plenty of people eat turkey sandwiches year-round. Yep. Go to the deli, get the
1: turkeys. Get turkey any you want. Yeah. But, yeah, tur- uh, turkey is
2: fine. Yeah, I had
1: turduck in one year.
2: Yeah, so that was when you were in Louisiana, didn't yep. you? That's
1: a, uh, a turkey, a duck, and a chicken all sc- scrunched into one thing. How good was it? Oh, it was pretty good.
2: <laughs> How many <laughs> calories do you think it was? Who cares? Like, that's probably. That's
1: the one day of the
2: year where you can just eat until oh. they have to turn you on your side and roll you around. Oh, I know. But still, you probably ate that, and you could have not ate for two days and still had plenty oh, I still of- did.
4: Substance. <laughs>
2: All right. Um, see everyone Monday when we will recap the state finals and really dive headfirst into basketball season. From Port
0: Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water area is stuck on sports.